worship you. We're expectant to hear, receive, and walk in the good news. Amen? Amen. Amen. Come on. Woo! <laughs> All right. Um, can I get this live? There we go. See if we, oh, there we go. Now we got some juice. Um, just wanted to welcome welcome everybody back. Uh, wow, it's been a month almost since we were able to gather. Thanks for walking with us and all that craziness. And um, welcome to everybody who's joining us online. You guys look amazing in your living rooms and cars and everywhere where you're at. And we just want to welcome you all. And um, just really, I'm thankful that technology can bring us all together in the house, you know, that's why I'm really thankful for this morning, and also just want to say thank you, um, I, I kind of hated it, we weren't a, a week earlier getting back together, because um, obviously most of you know that my daughter Kaylee, um, and another uh, awesome woman, Lauren Latchaw, uh, both of them are heading to, they have headed, and are at YWAM, uh, they made it, and so they're, they're uh, she starts tomorrow uh, with classes, kind of uh, if you didn't know, my daughter Kaylee's going to, she's in YWAM for three months, and then she'll go overseas for three months. Hopefully, pray pray for this. I don't know, but there's something weird. Um, about five, six, seven, five years ago, she was wanting to go to Nepal as a, a really young person, and I was like, okay, as a dad, I'm not, you know, we're like, we didn't really know the the group they were going, she was wanting to go with, and I was like, oh, Jesus, Lord, thank you that she wants to go, <laughs> but is it now, or is it some other time? So anyway, she didn't end up going, but she potentially has the opportunity to go to Nepal, so agree with me if she's supposed to go, but she, she wanted to thank you guys for supporting. She, she basically met her needs, and looks like she's fully funded, and she doesn't have to think about that. Yes, thank you. Thank you. Um, so I, let me just pray for her. Lord, we just pray for uh, Kaylee and Lauren, and maybe, I, I don't know if Jared King and um, Emily are going back this session, but I think they're planning to go back to YWAM. Uh, we just want to bless them. We want to bless YWAM. I thank you for that um, awesome uh, opportunity for young people to go and not only be discipled and encouraged and built up, but also to do the Great Commission, to go into all the earth. And uh, Lord, we just believe, Lord, whatever, wherever Kaylee and wherever Lauren is supposed to end up, God, that you will just place them there. But Lord, if it isn't Nepal, Lord, I think it's just be a cool testimony of God, just your faithfulness in that. So Lord, we bless you and thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Thank you guys again for, for doing that. Well, here we are again, 2021, like last week. Um, you know, I, I just can't believe, I mean, like I said, it feels like about two minutes ago that we were at year 22000, the Y2K craziness. Uh, some of you weren't alive at that place, but <laughs> if you were, it was just a weird season where you're like, because of a couple digits... In the place of a computer, we're all going, are we going to make it on the other side of two, the year 2000? You know, what is, what's it going to look like? But it, it, it didn't end up really being much of anything, but it felt like it could have been there for a season. But, but I like 21 years later, I was thinking about that song. I think the air, I, I was trying to look it up. I think I was looking up that song, This Is The Air I Breathe. I mean, anybody want to guess how old that one is? 25? It was like 95. Like, 95? It feels like we just started singing that a couple years ago. But anyway, 
I was like, 95? That was a, a while back. Anyway, that was back when my, I was thinking about my computer back when I started into electrical engineering. It cost $3,000 and had a 40 megabyte hard drive with a five and a quarter floppy, if you don't know what that is, and a three and a half hard disk, if anybody can remember those. Uh, they don't even exist anymore, but that's, that's how far we've come. 40 megabytes of what, terabytes now? And so, anyway, things, have, things are crazy. Um, so, you know, time flies. It's, it's crazy. But here we are in 2021, and I just really wanted to, um, we kind of had plan A, B, and C this morning, depending on what the Lord was doing. And um, we really, I just want to kind of say what, what we're going to do is really stepping into 2021 with 21 days of communion. That's just been on our heart. That's kind of what I want to just say out, out of the gate. Uh, we were kind of figuring out how, who, who was going to kind of speak some things into that today. And I, I really think Danielle uh, has some things that, as we were talking amongst ourselves in relationship to what, what's God doing? We started thinking about fast. We started thinking about these different things. And all of a sudden, the Lord just kind of highlighted communion. Like, what about 20? Because we've just been through a, a, we just went through a pretty long fast in relationship to the election and things like that. And all of a sudden, the Lord just said, 21 days of communion. And we we're like, yes, that's it. 21 days of communion. Starting off 2021 with 21 days of communion. And so that's kind of where we're, we're heading. But I kind of wanted to address this last week. I know sometimes, you know, when you get, go through a week like this in the nation, you kind of feel like, like what, 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 what's your response? What do you, what do, you do in that? And, um, and you know, I, I, I think, you know, um, <laughs> I want to I speak, a, I got ahead of myself just for a second, but... Um, the other day, I heard this really interesting, funny quote about, it was kind of a meme on 2020, 2020 but it was actually about 2021. It says, <laughs> it says, before I agree to 2021, I need to see some terms and conditions. <laughs> Anybody feel that? <laughs> I need to see what's ahead before I agree to what I'm going into. But obviously, 2021's here, and if you didn't read the terms and conditions, well, it's too late. You're in it. And we aren't probably going to get all the terms and conditions, but... Um, you know, as crazy as this last week was, uh, I'm not going to address the, the actual things. I, I just feel like more than ever, three things. You, we just have to keep our eyes fixed on Jesus. Like, fix your eyes on Jesus, the author and the perfecter of whose? Your faith. Uh, keep our thoughts fixed on Jesus, and maybe most of all, keep our words fixed on Jesus. Man, as, a body, as the body of Christ, as believers, man, I want to know that my, my uh, eyes, my thoughts, my words, especially those that I post out there for everybody in the world to see, you know, I want to make sure those words are his. Anybody in with me on that? Make sure those words are his. You know, before I do something like that, I better be, I better be prayed up and I better make sure when I, I read that, that can be what Jesus declares, you know. And so I just felt like the Lord just really wanted us to start kind of just as that place of, you know, there's really no woman, no, no man, no nothing that's going to fix our broken world other than Jesus, other than Jesus. All the craziness that things have happened, Jesus is the answer. He's the way, obviously, truth. You know he's the life. 
Um, but I'm just going to call us as a body, really, just into prayer, into that place of praying and declaring. Uh, and I just kind of said, if, you know, if I'm, and I'm guilty as, as charged, you know, if I'm, if I'm talking about something more than I'm praying about it, maybe I need to get that flipped, you know. Maybe I need to get that reversed and really encourage you um, because I, I feel like there's this, you know, sometimes there's this atmosphere, you know, the world, you know, carries this atmosphere. And, and right now it feels like, especially in what we've just gone through, you know, atmosphere of accusation, deception, opinion, frustration, fear, control, self-righteousness, all those things get mixed in and lumped in all together. And it starts feeling like, how do you navigate all that? And I believe that how you navigate it is Ephesians 2.14 through 16. A friend of mine sent that to me last night. Um, it was really cool. Um, Karen Ligon sent that to me, and, and I felt like it was really appropriate. For he himself is our peace, who made both groups into one and broke down the barrier of the dividing wall by abolishing in his flesh the enmity, the law of commandments, the ordinances, so that in himself he might make two groups into one establishing peace, and might reconcile them both in one body to God through the cross by having put death the enmity. You know, you, Jesus just humbled himself. That's how he got through that. He humbled himself and he gave. You know, he gave. And so I just encourage us in this season that we're really humble and we're in a place to give and testify. If you're going to testify, testify about his goodness. Testify about his kingdom. Testify about who he is. Testify that he was, uh, he was crucified and don't stop there. Testify that he was raised and he is alive and well. You know, testify to those things that he's king and that there's hope in, hope in him. And so I just feel like that, you know, what our country really needs is us declaring him. Us declaring his goodness, his kingdom, his life. And so I just wanted to speak that over us uh, as we're obviously we, you know, are coming out of that. And so really as we step into 2021, um, Daniel's going to come and share, but I feel like we're stepping into a process of this place of communion. She's going to share some really neat, awesome declarations of what communion is and how, and some backdrop and background of it, and I felt like she really needed to speak that, and I'm going to follow that maybe next week or next couple of weeks with some other things in relationship to uh, remembering and some other things, but, um, you know, I just want to remind us, you know, the, the men and women of God, and I'll probably bring this back into it, they didn't get the terms and conditions before they entered into something. You know, Moses, you know, Moses didn't get the terms and conditions. You know why? Because I don't think he'd have gone. Anybody remember that? Well, guess what? If, if the Lord would have given him the terms and conditions that, hey, um, you're going to go deliver a nation, um, Pharaoh's going to not do it seven times, and there's going to be all these plagues and this, that, and the other, and then... And then as soon as you get there, you're going to say, um, hey, let my people go, and then he's going to make it even harder on them, and everybody's going to turn on you. And then all the, and the plagues, and then all of a sudden he's going to take you out and say, oh, okay, I'm going to let you go, and then I'm going to put you at the Red Sea where you cannot go anywhere but through the sea, and Pharaoh's going to be chasing you down and ready to kill you. And then when you get on the other side of the sea, uh, your people are actually going to turn and say, I want to go back to Egypt. Anybody signing up for that one, right? Terms and conditions, this is great. But, you know, we don't get those terms and conditions. We, the only get term and condition is what we talked about last week, and that's why I want to kind of connect last week. Behold Emmanuel. M Moses, the only term and condition was is that I will be with you. 
So as we start into 2021, that's what we want to start with. He is with us, Emmanuel. And what a better way to celebrate Emmanuel with focusing on communion, focusing on this intimacy, this place of communion. And I don't know, I've never done 21 days straight of communion. I'm planning on it. I hope, hope, I, don't re- I, hope I remember and don't miss, but that's what we're inviting you into. Go out and get your three-week supply, whatever supplies you like to take communion with, uh, and get, get before the Lord. And we just, I just want to encourage you, do it with your family. Do it with your friends and your, if, you, if you're in, in, at, in college and you're with some friends. Hey, invite them into it. Uh, do it with your children. You know, whatever, if, they're a pro, if, if they've been saved and they know the Lord Jesus, do it with your children and walk them through that. And so make it really personable. You know, you have 21 days of it, so take some opportunities to do those in different arenas. Do it with your small groups. As we gather in small groups, you know, do it as a small group. Um, but really enter into this place. Um, on a personal level, take it. You know, do this all, as much as you remember me. So there's no confinement of how many times you can do it. I'm just saying in this next 21 days, we're going to enter into that and really uh, believe for it. So I want um, uh, Danielle to come. She's going to just share uh, some really good, crazy cool nuggets of communion. And I want her to start us off. And then I think Ben and Danielle are going to lead us in that. Amen. Amen. Also, um, we, we have, com- you want this one? Um, you know, and, and those online, um, those in the house this morning, I just encourage you, if you want to, we have some extra, you know, single serves. If anybody needs those, they can take them with them. Um, but uh, I just encourage you, a lot of it's just go, grab some, grab enough that you can do it often, you know, this next 21 days. And so I just want to encourage you in that as she's getting ready. Okay. Can you guys hear me? Great. Hey, uh, babe. Could you bring this table up for me? <laughs> Thanks. All right, cool. Sorry, I need my hands. We're going to do a lot of different things. So, um, Praise Jesus. I am so excited to share about communion because I love it. It is wonderful. And it's changed my life. And I hope, yeah, I hope that it will change your life too. So, um, yeah, there, so I'm going to try to cover a lot of ground because um, I think it's important. So I just, I want you guys to stay with me. I want you to get your Bibles out, get some notes out, and, like, let's get into it. And really, like, there's so much to this subject. I I really started, like, feasting on the revelation of the Lord about this this week, and I was like, this is like a whole universe about communion. Like, you could just spend years, you know. You could spend, like, three years in the secret place just learning about this. Um, So... Really, I want to give you some things to, like, a jumping off point, and then you're going to have to go chew on all of this. You just will, okay? So, you guys ready to do that? <laughs> all right. So, um, what we're going to look at is four different kind of, like, um, facets. I feel like we use that word a lot. But um, four different facets of community. There's more that I'm not going to talk about, but... Um, We're going to look at these four things. Those four things are we're going to look at communion in context of Sabbath, priesthood, intimacy, and fellowship. Okay, so those are kind of the four different ways we're going to look at it. It's kind of like 
don't know if you've ever seen a movie where something happens and then you see it from four different perspectives. That's what we're going to do. So um, just a disclaimer, um, much of what I'm going to cover, it's not like it's not Danielle. <laughs> I, um, some of it is. I uh, really lift, I listened to this teaching that Dick Rubin taught on communion. Um, I think it was back in like 95 or something like that. So he taught a, a series called Pattern to Revival Fire. And um, it was actually this teaching. He taught it at the Brownsville Assembly of God. And it was like the precursor to the Brownsville Revival, like this, this whole teaching series that he did. One part was communion. Um, so it's a lot of it's his. <laughs> and a lot of it's lovely. And you can still find, find it um, out there to listen to. Sorry, I need a plug, so this is going to have to go down over here. Um, all right, so can we agree that communion came out of Passover? Can we agree with that? Okay, because Jesus, what was he doing when he instituted communion? He was having Passover, right? So I'm going to talk a lot about Passover. Um, and first I just want to give some background. Oh, man. Babe, can you come here and help me? Can you plug this in for me? Does anyone have any, like, real sensitivities to smells or an allergy to frankincense? No? Huh? Besides me? <laughs> I do, but it's, this is, I'm, I'm not sensitive to this stuff. So, okay, well, we're good. We're going to move on then. All right. Um, so, Passover, our communion came out of Passover, and Passover actually happens on Sabbath every year, a special Sabbath, a super Sabbath, really fun Sabbath. And Sabbath is like um, a time of rest, and Jewish families would do a lot of preparation. And then before um, the, the sun sets, so um, Jewish days and really biblical days, how the Lord created when he created the, uh, the heavens and the earth, he said there was the evening and the morning, and that was the first day. So really biblical days start at sunset. And then they go till sunset the next day. So, um, so a Jewish family, for, to celebrate Sabbath, they would do a lot of preparation that day. And then at sunset, they sit down and enjoy a meal together. And they begin their day of rest. And they do this also for Passover because Passover lands on a Sabbath. So um, what I'm going to do is start by lighting some Sabbath candles, actually. So this, was some, this is like a tradition that... Um, the lady of the home would do uh, uh, to begin the Sabbath. And it's not really, like, necessarily biblical, but Jews are, like, so practical. So if your Sabbath meal starts at sunset, what are you're eating in the dark, right? Unless you light candles, <laughs> right? So they would start their Sabbath by lighting candles. So I'm going to light some candles here. And um, I've heard it said that the reason why the, the woman of the house gets the honor of lighting the candles is because although sin, you can argue, sin came into the world through woman, it was a woman who bore Jesus Christ and brought the light of, of God into, back into the world. So, um, so we start with lighting candles, and um, then the woman of the home will just speak a blessing. So I'm just going to pray over our time. Is that cool? 
So, Lord, um, I just thank you for your Sabbath rest. I thank you for your broken body and your shed blood. Um, Lord, we just declare that your word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. We just ask that um, it would illuminate our um, mind and illuminate our circumstances and just reveal to us who you are. So just let, um, let your light shine on us and, and um, just bring us revelation about this really awesome thing is your, your body and your blood. So Jesus' name, amen. Can you guys online see me here? Yeah, we're good? Okay, cool. All right. Um, so yeah, in Jewish homes, you know, they would, we would light the candles and then um, often share a meal together and often the father or um, head of the household would pray over the family and bestow a blessing. So um, that's, that's in a way priesting in your home. We'll get into that later, but that would also happen on Sabbath. So um, yeah, so Sabbath and Passover, they go together. The two are one because, um, and communion also goes with Sabbath because communion came out of Passover, right? So um, I believe that rest is a really important concept to the Lord. If you think about um, the lineup of the Ten Commandments, where did Sabbath fall? There was like honoring the Lord, no idols, don't take his name in vain, Sabbath, then murder. So it's kind of important to him. Rest, y'all. And really, we are creatures who were made for rest. We are sixth, sixth day creatures, right? So we were made on the sixth day, and then before we've even had a full day, uh, we went into a day of rest when the Lord rested on the seventh day. So we were actually made for rest. And um, Passover is also a time of rest. There's um, some scriptures that... Um, show that actually Jesus what, and, and the disciples, when they were having their meal, it, it's in all four Gospels, they, it said they were reclining at dinner. And that was, in, um, if you've ever done a Jewish Passover, which I hope we will someday because it's really awesome, but that's what you do. You recline and um, because you are at rest, and that's, that was an important concept to the Lord when he brought the children of Israel out of slavery you know, sons rest, slaves don't. Sons get to recline, slaves do not get to recline. So he was establishing sonship and rest as being important to him. And um, so during this communion meal, um, the disciples and Jesus were resting. In fact, John was resting on the breast of Jesus Christ. He was, um, that's how chill they were and cuddly <laughs> during that meal. So <laughs> it's important. It's important to the Lord. <laughs> so I'm going to rewind a little bit and talk about just Passover. Like, I, obviously, there's no way to go through the whole meal today. I really hope someday we get to. But um, so one part of Passover, look at, I don't have wine, so I did kombucha. <laughs> That's what I had in my home. <laughs> so one um, important part of Passover is the cups. There's, there's four cups during Passover. I'm just going to pour this to show like a little visual aid. Wine doesn't usually fizz, but that's all right. <laughs> all right. 
There we go. So there are four cups that during Passover you would partake of. Um, the first one happens before the, um, the ceremonial meal or the Seder begins. And they each have names. So the first cup happens before and it's called, I will take you out or the cup of sanctification. The second cup happens after the Seder, the ceremonial meal. And the name of that cup is, I will save you or it's called the cup of deliverance. The third cup happens after dinner. So there's a ceremonial meal and then there's dinner. Everyone just eats a dinner. The fourth cup happens after dinner, and it's um, called I Will Redeem You, or the cup of redemption. And then the fourth cup, the final cup, happens after that third cup, and after, like, there's some songs or hymns, and that one's called um, I Will Take You as a Nation, or the cup of praise. All right, so just remember that, because we're going to come back to it. So we have sanctification, deliverance, redemption, praise, okay? Sanctification before, before Seder. Um, deliverance is after Seder. Redemption is after dinner. Praise is after the, the cup of redemption. So, all right. And then there is also bread consumed during Passover. Um, and that bread, all bread during Passover is unleavened, so it doesn't have any raising agent. And um, I have this old... <laughs> matzah from Passover last year. <laughs> so, um, and at the be- towards the beginning of the ceremonial meal, what they would do is they would take three pieces of this unleavened bread. So let me show it to you here. So here's what it looks like. It's got little holes in it. It's got little brown parts too. And... Um, Kind of looks like a cracker, yeah. So they would take it and then, so they would take it like this at the beginning of the meal, and then, or the, not the meal, the, uh, the Seder, the ceremonial meal. They would take out the middle one, okay, usually it's whole, but not broken like this. Um, then they would take it and they would break it, and the larger piece, they will wrap up in a cloth, okay? So you're getting this? They took out three pieces, they took one out of the middle, they broke it, then they wrap it up in a cloth, and then they hide it away, okay? And then what happens is, at the after dinner, at the end of the, not the ceremonial meal, but just the dinner, um, they would send the children to go find this piece, okay? So, um, so you got that third, that second piece taken, broken, wrapped in a cloth. Does that remind you? Anyone? <laughs> Can't make this up, guys. <laughs> All right, so um, we're going to do this. So um, I'm going to have Papa Lou come up here. He's really good at hiding. This, is, this piece is called the afikoman. Can you guys say that? Afikoman. Okay, and it means that which comes after or the dessert, okay? Um, so Papa Lou is actually going to hide this, and kids, you guys... At the end, when we're all done, you're going to try to find this, okay? That's right. So, you need to close your eyes. No cheating. No cheater, cheater, pumpkin eaters. Close your eyes, everyone. I still see eyeballs. Close your eyes. I still see eyeballs. Close your eyes, kids. Close your eyes, Ember. I see your eyeballs. Abby. All right. Go ahead, Papa Lou. Okay, don't, don't go in the aisles. Just around the... 
Papa Lou's going to hide it. Don't look, no cheating. <laughs> Be sneaky. Okay, you can open your eyes now, kids. All right, so at the end, you're going to try to find this thing, okay? So be looking, see if you can see it. Look around. All right. So that's the, um, the afikoman. This all happened. You know, this was during Passover, and this was happening, and, you know, this is a Jewish tradition. They still do this today. This isn't especially messianic. There's nothing messianic about what we just did. Um, it's Jewish people do this same thing today. So, um, so that's Passover. That's your context of, obviously, there's a lot more we could discuss, but we're not going to go there. Um, so now we want to, I'm going to talk about priesthood a little bit. <clears throat> and again, this is a huge subject, priesthood. Um, let me come back out here. And... Uh, I'm going to just tell you, the, like, from what I can see, the, like, biblical orders of priesthood, there's just priest, there's Levitical priesthood, there's what I'm calling the priesthood of the believer, and then there's what I'm calling the perpetual priesthood of Melchizedek, okay? Four biblical orders of priesthood that I can, that I can see. And um, the, fa- the ma- father-in-law of Moses, Jethro, remember him? He was an example of a priest, pre-Levitical priest. He was a priest of the Lord, okay? Um, and then if you want to read about Levitical priesthood, you can read Leviticus. It's all about it. <laughs> it's a lot about that. Um, and the book of Revelation actually has a lot about the biblical priest, or the believer, the priesthood of the believer. And then the book of Hebrews discusses pretty much in depth the perpetual priesthood of the order of Melchizedek, who is Jesus. Surprise. Um, so, yeah, a priest is just, it's a, serv- it's a servant who serves God and serves God's people. And basically, when you give your life to Jesus Christ, you become a priest. Um, you can read that in 1 Peter 2.9. Uh, there's also this beautiful um, passage out of Revelation 1, 4 through 8. I'm just going to read all of it because it's so pretty. It says, John, to the seven churches which are in Asia, grace be unto you, and peace from him which is, and which was, and which is to come, from the se- and from the seven spirits of God which are before his throne, and from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness, and the first begotten of the dead, and the prince of the kings of the earth, unto him that loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood, and hath made us kings and priests unto God and his Father, to him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Ooh, amen. Um, so a priest, yeah, is a believer is a priest. And, um, and Jesus Christ, is a, he's a perpetual priest, according to the order of Melchizedek. He's the big priest, the big P priest. Um, so communion is also tied to priesthood. Um, in Leviticus 24, 5 through 9, it says, this is talking about the showbread, which was one of the things found in the holy place. Okay, so in the tabernacle, you have the outer court, then you have the holy place, and then you have the holy of holies, okay? 
The um, holy place really is representative of the age of the church. There's three pieces of furniture in there. I'll talk about that in a second. Um, one of the pieces of furniture is called the table of showbread. And the priests would partake of this every Sabbath, actually. So here we are back in Sabbath. And um, so it, let's see that, that uh, revelation. It says You'll take you should take fine flour... This is Revelation 24, 5 through 9, if you want to follow. Um, Two-tenths of an ephah shall be in each cake. You shall set them in two rows, six in a row, on the pure gold table before the Lord. You shall put pure frankincense on each row, that it may be on the bread for memorial, an offering made by fire to the Lord. So they would take pure frankincense, put it on the bread, and then when they would eat their bread, they would offer the pure frankincense on the altar of incense, which is another um, piece of furniture in the holy place, okay? Um, every, every Sabbath, he shall set it in order before the Lord continually, being taken from the children of Israel by an everlasting covenant, and it shall be for Aaron and his sons. They shall eat it in a holy place, for it is most holy to him from the offerings of the Lord made by fire by a perpetual statute. Okay, so this is just... We're setting up patterns here, you know, all, like, the things that Jesus did wasn't haphazard, you know, everything he did was to fulfill what was written, everything he did was to bring an exclamation part or wrap up or complete, like, the concepts that are biblical concepts, you know, and this priesthood is, you know, one of these foundationary biblical concepts, so, um, so yeah, Aaron and his sons ate the showbread every Sabbath, and they would make an uh, offering of frankincense. I'm going to just go ahead and diffuse some frankincense so you can see what it smells like. It's very pleasant, very nice. So, um, while I'm doing that, I want to tell you a little bit more about the, the different pieces of furniture that are in the holy place. So there's three pieces. There is the table of showbread, which just talked about. And then there's um, a piece of furniture called the lampstand. It's like a seven-branched lampstand. And then there is a, uh, the golden altar of incense right before the veil. And they would light the lamps every day. They would um, burn incense on the, in the holy place, and only the high priest was allowed in the holy place. Um, but not anymore, because we are in a new age, which is exciting. So we get to enjoy the holy place, the real one, not just the, the physical one. Let's see. There, that's nice. Diffuse. So you'll get to smell it in here in a second. <laughs> um, so back to the table of showbread. Uh, so the, the um, Hebrew word for showbread, if I can find it in my notes, is called lechem panim. And really translated literally, it means the bread of the face. And you can, and some Bibles translate the showbread as the bread of presence. So it's like, it's, it's the face of the Lord is what we're talking about here with this showbread. And um, this was partaken of, as I said, every Sabbath by the priests. Um, so the cool thing about those pieces of furniture that I mentioned, I mentioned the lampstand, the, the altar of incense, and the showbread, okay? So um, these three things correlate exactly to three activities that 
the early church would give itself to. And if you read it in, um, let's go to Acts 2.42. So Acts 2.42, it says, They continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship, in the breaking of bread and in prayers. Um, So in that holy place, you had the lampstand. The lampstand represents the word of God. It brings light, brings light to you, okay? So that correlates with the apostles' doctrine, right? Um, The breaking of bread and fellowship is the showbread, the table of showbread. And then prayers is the golden altar. It's the incense. The bowls of incense are the prayers of the saints, right? So you have the golden altar. So this, the pattern was there from the beginning, and and the Holy Spirit just led his bride just right into um, what the, the pattern that was already established. Um, <laughs> it was so lovely. It's just, it's just nummy. It's just yummy, yummy. Um, all right, so we've established, you know, the table of showbread. You have that symbol tied to priesthood. Um, let's go to Genesis 14, 18. And this is the very first time bread and wine are mentioned together in the Bible. This Genesis 14, 18. And it says, Then Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought out bread and wine, and he was priest of God Most High. So what happened was, uh, Abram was, um, he had just fought a battle and actually, in a miraculous way, rescued his family and a lot of other families from these, this war with these kings. And meets Melchizedek, who most scholars say is a theophany, which is a actual when Jesus showed up in the Old Testament before he showed up in the little town of Bethlehem. So um, most everyone says this Melchizedek was actually Jesus himself. And what does he do? He brings out bread and wine, and he serves Abraham, and then he blesses him. So the first place where he kind of really shows up in the flesh, he has bread and wine. And he's a priest, right? He's the, the priest, uh, really the great priest is this Melchizedek. Um, so that is cool, right? <laughs> so before Jesus even broke bread and served his disciples bread and wine, he came to the root of Israel, Abram, and served um, bread and wine and blessed Abram. Pretty neat. And then Abram gave him a tithe, you know. Pretty cool. Alrighty. Um, so I want to read this one verse. It's in Hebrews 10, 19 through 22. Um, it says, Therefore, brethren, having boldness to enter the holiest, that's the holy of holies, by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way, so you, have, you found blood there, right? By the blood of Jesus. By a new and living way, which he consecrated for us, through the veil that is his flesh. And having a high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart. So there we have, again, communion, the, the blood, his blood and his flesh tied with priesthood. And it actually calls, you know, the veil of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom when Jesus was, as the Passover lamb, was slain on the cross. And, but this speaks of another veil, actually, a veil of his flesh that is, that is also to be penetrated to go through to the Holy of Holies. So 
Um, we're gonna, so now we're going to move into intimacy. So we just discussed uh, priesthood, and we discussed rest. We're going to talk about intimacy. Okay, so, so just, you, we don't talk about this, but let's just, maybe there is this veil of flesh now. The, the original veil in the temple was torn from top to bottom, right? So, but maybe there is this other veil of flesh which has beyond it a level of intimacy with the Lord that really you can only penetrate through by taking communion. Maybe. I'm just throwing it out there. It could be a thing, you know? Um, so when Jesus was getting ready to serve communion, and this was, again, Passover was happening, um, he says, with great desire, I have desired to eat this meal with you. So communion is just very dear to his heart. The bread and body of Christ is very close to him, and he deeply desired, he was looking forward to having this meal with his, his disciples, his friends, you know. Um, and he says, you know, this is, when he breaks the bread, he says, this is my body given to you. Earlier, um, he discussed his body in depth in John 6, and I want to read a couple verses from John 6. So he says in verse 35, I am the bread of life. In verse 51, he says, I am the living bread which came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. And the bread that I give is my flesh, which I give for the life of the world. And then in verse 53 through 57, unless you eat of the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you will have no life in you. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day. For my flesh is food indeed, and my blood is drink indeed. He who eats my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me, and I in him. As the living Father sent me, and I live because of the Father, so he who feeds on me will live because of me. So this is an intimate thing. You know, this is like he is sharing his life with us in the bread and in his blood. And he's even saying, like, the... the the way I live through the Father is how you can live through eating my flesh and drinking my blood. This is the invitation he was extending to us. Very, like, deeply personal thing, you know. Um, and then in Isaiah 51, or 55, 1 and 2, he cries this out. He says, Ho, everyone who thirsts, come to the waters, and you have no money, come buy and eat. Yes, come buy wine and milk without money and without price. Why do you spend money for what is not bread and your wages for what does not satisfy? Listen careful, carefully to me. Eat what is good and let your soul delight itself in abundance. This is his body. It's abundance. It's good. It's tr his his um, flesh is food indeed and his blood is drink indeed. Um, so here's what he is extending and like inviting us into is this like intimate sharing of himself. Um, so there's a case, another thing that happened. So after um, Jesus, he gruesomely dies on the cross. It's very traumatic, obviously, the most traumatic thing ever. And um, so Jesus, some of his friends were on their way to Emmaus. And in the meanwhile, he joins up with them, but they don't recognize him. And they, he asks them what's traveling them. He says, um, this is for context in Luke 24, everyone, if you want to follow along. 
but he says that, uh, they explain how they were hoping that Jesus, this Jesus was going to be the Messiah, and now he's dead. And so he starts to teach them, like deep teachings, starting with Moses, going through the prophets. He's teaching them about um, all, all the messianic scriptures. He's unfolding to them, like what has happened and what's going to happen. And um, still, they don't recognize him. They have spent years in his presence, learning from him, listening to him teach, just like on the road, and still, they couldn't see him. They didn't recognize him. So they get almost to their town, and they're like, do you want to come further with us? And he said, well, let's, you know, sit down and eat. And he, just as he had recently done, takes that bread, breaks that bread, and serves them. And in that moment, they know it's him. Their eyes are open, and they see him. And it says um, in verse 35, so later when they were recounting to the disciples, it says that he, he, they explained how he was known to them in the breaking of the bread. And um, that word known, just to let you know what it is. So um, it's the same word known where it talks about how Joseph didn't know Mary until after she had given birth. So it is a very intimate word, that word known. And that's where he was known is in the breaking of the bread. So this, this meal that he's prepared for us, his broken body and blood is a very intimate thing. It's, it's an intimate to him and it, it's an invitation. You know, he um, wants to know us and he wants to be known by us. You know, that is, that is very vulnerable. He wants to know us and to be known by us. All right, so we're going to move into fellowship. How are you doing, kiddos? All right, you guys want to find that thing. We're, all, we're almost there. We're going to find that afikoman in a minute here. <laughs> all right. So we had, you know, the Lord's Supper, and um, we, t- we discussed Sabbath and how it's linked to, um, to communion. We discussed priesthood, how that is linked um, in intimacy. And so now we're going to discuss fellowship and um, you know, when he served the meal, he was serving it in a group of his friends. You know, when he served communion the first time, it was in the context of a group of his friends. And so communion became, you know, one of the first uh, cornerstones of activities that the early church did. I already read it, but it's in Acts 2.42. They continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine, in fellowship, in the breaking of bread, and prayers. And again, in verse 46, it says, continuing daily with one accord, the and the breaking of bread from house to house, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart. And, um, you know, we don't know how frequently they took the Lord's Supper together, but we know that it was likely at least once a week. Um, in Acts 27, it's 20, verse 7, it says, on the first day of the week when the disciples came together to break bread, so they would, it says they would do it every first day of the week, maybe on Sunday, actually. It might have been on Sunday. Um, so that was like a cornerstone for them. And um, there's this word, uh, koinonia, and it's a Greek word that means fellowship. It also means social intercourse and unity. It's, again, a very intimate word. Um, and the, this word is present in the, with the communion kind of like your classic communion passage, which is this 1 Corinthians 10, 16. It says, the cup of blessing which we bless, is, is it not the communion, kononia, of the blood of Christ? 
the bread we break, is it not the communion, kononia, of the body of Christ? So, um, and then that word kononia is in where it says in that Acts 2.42, they continued in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship, that's kononia. So it's this word that means fellowship and really intimacy with your friends, you know. Um, so there's this, there's this verse I found, and I'm not 100% sure on this, but I wanted to present it to you, and you can check it out. Um, it's in Revelation 2, and it's the admonition to the church of Ephesus. So if you want to turn there, you can go to Revelation 2. It's verses 4 and 5. So this is Jesus. He's talking to the church of Ephesus. And he says this. He says, nevertheless, I have this against you. You have left your first love. Remember, therefore, from where you have fallen, repent and do the first works or else. <laughs> he, he continues, but I, I think it's funny that he's like, or else. <laughs> so... Um, so the interesting thing about that word, those words really, first love, that those words in the Greek are protos, agape, and it means first love, but it also can be translated to mean love feast. It can be translated to mean love feast. It's translated love feast in Jude, in Jude 1.12, when it says these are spots on your love feast. It's the same Greek word as the word that's found here in Revelation. Um, so if you look at the early church history, they talk about love feasts. It was like a thing that they would do. They would get together, they would have a meal, and they would take communion together. Um, it was often a time where poor and rich alike would all enjoy a meal together. Um, I even, I, I don't know, I haven't confirmed this, but I even thought about when they set apart Stephen, you know, and they said, like, it's not, the, the apostle said, it's not right for us to leave the word and serve tables, and so they set apart Stephen and the other Deacons, like, that might, probably was talking about the love, this thing, this love feast that the early church would do. And, um, and then certainly in the whole chapter of 11 of 1 Corinthians talks about the love feast. Um, that's, again, classic communion, like, passage. And, you know, that's where it's, it says that when Paul says, like, let a man examine himself before he takes the body and blood, all of that. Um, he was really talking about how, if you read the verses before and after, like, they were, it wasn't about, like, don't sin, don't come to this table as a sinner, you guys, don't do it. it he was talking about, they would actually, at this love feast, they kind of got off kilter and were, like, eating the communion bread because they were hungry, pushing each other out of the way, and, like, drinking the wine and getting drunk off of it, and it was like, he's like, y'all, <laughs> like, we need to... We need to get back. Like, we need to focus, you know? And um, so, yeah, it, it, the, the table of the Lord is actually for sinners, right? I mean, how can the blood of Christ, where it says, this is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins, how can we withhold that from a sinner? <laughs> like, that's where it happens. Like, that's where the, tr the transaction happens, you know? So that whole, like, thing this crept in that like oh you have to like repent and make your heart perfectly pure before you have communion I mean the, the table's where you do the biz and and you should not be withheld from you for that you know yeah do the biz like so um so yeah love feast it was a thing 
and part of this love feast was taking communion. So could it mean, this Revelation passage, you have left your love feast? Like, could that be talking about this in communion? When it says, repent and do first works, what could that be? Like, could those first works, could it be communion, actually? Because, right, Jesus came as Melchizedek, and one of the first things he did on the earth was to serve bread and wine to Abraham. And then one of the first things he did with his church was to serve them communion. Could the first works actually mean communion? Could, it, could that rebuke be tied up with, like, y'all have been neglecting communion, you know? I don't know. I just want to present that to you as, as a possibility. So, um, yeah, communion is wonderful and it's it's meant to be done in the context of fellowship also um my some of my favorite two of my favorite communion stories is when I was in Serbia I was a missionary there and um I would go to this prayer meeting and one day they decided to take communion and it was the coolest thing I've never seen communion done quite like that but they just had like this whole loaf of bread this big chunk and everyone got like a big chunk of bread and then they would go to each person, give them a piece of their bread, that person would give me theirs, and say, the body of Christ broken, broken for you, the shed blood, you know, the blood of Christ shed for you, and like look them in the eye and take communion. And then you'd go to the next person. And each, so you took it like, you know, 10 times or whatever, depending on how many people were in the room. And it was so special. It just like cascaded in power, like, you know, with each new person, it was so intimate, and it was like, it was just really, it was a special time, and, um, and then the other thing that sticks out in taking communion in the context of a small group was, we did something similar to that in a small group, and Dana, where is she, there, Dana and I were just becoming friends, it was such a special time, you remember this with Samuel? <laughs> And, like, Samuel was a little baby, and we were in our home, and we were taking communion, like, the way I shared, like, the Serbians would take it. And um, and she was saying how, like, I wonder if Samuel's going to grow up thinking that a cracker is the body of Christ, because we were, like, we had these crackers, and we were, he was so little, you know, and just a baby, and, um, but, yeah, it was, like, a really special time. It was, like, where our friendship just started growing. It was really awesome. <laughs> so... All righty. All right, so I'm going to read this, this passage to conclude. Remember the things that are kind of linked with communion. You have um, Sabbath rest. You have priesthood, intimacy with Jesus, and then fellowship, really intimacy with each other. So I'm going to read this, the whole passage of Hebrews 10, 19 through 25, and you'll see all four of these things present if you really look. One of them is hard to find. I'm not going to tell you which one, but it's all there if you really look. So just listen, and I'm going to read this over us. Therefore, brethren, having boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way which he consecrated for us through the veil, that is his flesh, and having a high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart, in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works, not forsaking the assembly of ourselves, as is the manner of son, some, but exhorting one another, and so much more as you see the day approaching. 
So there you have it. Um, priesthood, rest. Rest is harder to find, but it's in there. Rest, priesthood, um, intimacy, that through, through the veil of his flesh, you know, intimacy and um, fellowship. So, all right, kids, you're on. Go. Find the Afikoman. Look. Look with your eyes. See if you can find it. It's not in the, it's not in the chair, so it's around the, the outside. Look all around. See if you can find it. Under, under things. Check it out. It's not on the, is it on the stage? Okay. It's not behind instruments. It's under something. It's not, it's not back there. It's not on the stage, but it is kind of on the stage. It's in the front of the stage. Front of the stage. No, this is the other bread. No. Abby, Abby, you're close. Close. Look under something. Look under something. You're close. So close. So you're close. You're so close. Oh. Oh. Good job, Abby. Bring it here. So, Abby, bring it here. So, what we do is we redeem it. So, you get a dollar. <laughs> dollar, dollar bill. <laughs> Good job. Good job, everybody. Thanks for playing. Thanks for playing. <laughs> All right. So, um, the finding of this happened after dinner, okay? Um, can you guys remember when Jesus served communion? At what point did he serve communion? Does anyone remember? Can everyone, anyone think? When did he do that? At what point during the meal? Huh? Yeah, it says specifically after dinner. It says it like in all four Gospels. After dinner. Very specifically, after dinner. So the bread that he broke was this bread, the bread that came out of the middle, that was broken, that was wrapped in a cloth and hidden away and then returned. That's, that's this. That is the bread he broke to, to serve, to say that this is his body. And the cup that he used was also, it says specifically, after dinner, okay? We have, um, ooh, I'm going to have to cheat because I don't remember all of them. <laughs> Not sanctification. First one, sanctification, yeah. You're right. Sanctification. This is before the, before the Seder. Deliverance. After the Seder. Remember what this one is? Redemption. The cup of redemption is the cup that he took after dinner and said, this is my blood. Redemption. Okay? And then he stopped he didn't get to this one. 
This one's the cup of praise. He stopped right here and said, I'm not going to drink the fruit of the wine with you again until I drink it in my kingdom. He stopped right here, and he has not had his cup of praise. He's waiting for all of us for the marriage supper of the Lamb. When it's all wrapped up, he's going to partake of his, his cup of praise. All right? Yeah. So I encourage everybody, um, please take communion and enjoy this wonderful meal. Um, maybe even weave in some of these elements to when you take it, you know. You can take it um, with your family uh, in a place of priesthood and bless your, your family, your children, and your household as you take it. Take it going into a time of rest, you know. Take it for a time of intimacy with the Lord. Take it with your small groups and just really enjoy. And, um, yeah, if you want to be a spiritual hulk, take it every day. <laughs> that Miss Minnie used to do that, you know. I, I nannied for her kids, and she was giving me a tour of her house, and she, sh- she brought me into her bedroom, and she was in her nightgown. It was so cute. She brought me into her room, and she was like, and this, like, where Dick used to sleep before he went to be with the Lord, this is where all my books are, and this is my room. And she was like, and this is communion. And I set it up every night before I go to bed so that before my feet even touch the floor, I can wake up in the morning and take communion. And she would do it every day. So if you want to be like Miss Minnie, you can try taking it every day. See what that, what you do. So, all right, you ready for this? All right. I, does everyone have their stuff? Would any of you guys like to lead communion? No? Anyone? Does anyone have it on their heart? Papa Lou, you want to lead it? No, me? Okay. Yeah, we're good. All righty. All right. Let me find mine. Thank you. Let's... Um, Let's take this in, re- in a repose of rest, okay? You want to try that? So if you want to, I'm going to sit. If you want to lean, maybe you want to snuggle with your family or something. Oh, I spilled. Okay. Lord, I just, huh? I know. As we fumble with this technology communion technology. I cannot get this. Oh, never mind. Never mind. I got it. I got it. All right. Let's, um, let's hold up. I know, right? <laughs> All right. So I'm in rest here. Um, let's take the bread. And Lord Jesus, I just thank you for... Um, how whole and complete and like infinite you are, how present you are, how vulnerable you are, how awesome you are, how um, loving and giving and serving you are. And Lord, we just, we choose now to enter the veil through your flesh. We want to see you face to face. We just thank you for your body that was broken for us. I thank you that you began something new but fulfilled something old and ancient. And we just um, 
relish in your presence. In Jesus' name. Lord, we just thank you for your blood. It's the blood of the new covenant, and it, um, it's for the sins of the world. We just thank you, what you did, how you poured out your blood on the cross. We remember you, Lord. We just thank you that you had a plan from the beginning and that you faithfully just walked into that plan. We just ask you to, to give us your life, and we just want to sh share life with you right now. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. Amen. 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 Yes, let's give it up for Danielle. That was great. I love it. You can send your um, little cups to the uh, end of the aisle, and... I'm going to get, Tony, could you help me grab some of those? Mike, could you help me maybe grab, grab some of these on the house? I love that. I love that. I mean, especially the bread, you know, that declaration of taking that middle one out, hiding it, breaking it, hiding it, and then the redemption of it. And so I, I just encourage you, I, um, this you know, 21 days as we kind of close out this uh, morning, I just want to really challenge us. Um, you know, sometimes you're, you kind of hear a word like this, and you're kind of like, maybe I'll participate, maybe I wouldn't, maybe I won't, will, won't. I, I just encourage it. I really just challenge you. Um, press into this, these 21 days. Step out into something new. Like I said, it'll be something new. I don't, I mean, I don't take communion like many does every day, or did every day. She's now, she's taking communion every day <laughs> with the Lord, I'm sure, face-to-face. Uh, -face. Um, but the reality is, is that I haven't, I haven't done this in a 21-day facet, so it's, I think it, for many of us, it'll be something that, it'll just be new. It'll be something I step into, and I, I really heard the Lord say, you step into 2021. Or else, it feels like, you know, in some ways, in 2020, you just felt like you were trying to just get to the end. <laughs> like, Lord, God, get us to the end of this thing, man. <laughs> and again, in the natural, 2021 hasn't really started much better. So the reality is, are you going to step into it? Are you going to step into 2021? Are you going to step into all that God has for you? And I feel like the Lord's saying this communion is, a, is the first step. It's the step of steps to get intimate with the Lord, to, to express that priesthood that, God, that, uh, that you hold, where you're king, you know, that he, she declared in Revelation? Or are you going to step into this place of rest that we're not really good at? A lot, all right, I'll just point at myself, that I'm not really good at. In this place of fellowship, connection, are we going to step into that? You know, maybe, uh, maybe some of us need to, we're not in a small group. Maybe we need to touch base with three or four other women and get it and say, we got, got to get into fellowship this year. Step into a small group. Step into communion with one another, communion with him. And, and so I just encourage you. And 
really take those four words and really ask the Lord for, t- to expound those in your personal life. That's awesome. I love it. <laughs> in your personal life, you know, that God would reveal what he wants. I feel like this is 21 days of revelation if, we will, if you'll step into it. Like you, God, God's going to download intimate declarations into your spirit, to your heart. So I just encourage you to, to step into it, you know, step into it. You know, if you miss a day, don't, oh, my gosh, I just, you know, step, just step into it. Ask the Lord for wisdom in it. So I'm going to bless you. Um, if we can have the, some, some of the prayer teams can come up. If, if you have anything, I don't feel like I have it like a great call this morning. But, gosh, if you don't know the Lord this morning, wow, what a better way to celebrate it in relationship to communion, to intimacy what he's called you to. And so I want you to stand this morning as we close. I just want to pray over us. Thank you for joining us online. If, if you need any prayer needs online, there is a, if you're on, uh, if you're not on, if you're not on YouTube, but you're on the church online, you can hit that live prayer button. Um, but man, if you need to know Jesus as Lord and Savior, what a better day, what a, what a better season to enter into it in 21 days of communion. You can get intimate with him and, and know him as Lord and Savior. It's a great day to do that. I'm just going to encourage you, if you need to know Jesus as Lord, you know, come, come and find one of these men and women. I was about to say men and women, but I don't have any women over there. I'll get some women over there. Uh, these men and women that will pray for you. Or if you need healing this morning, man, that's the blood of, of Jesus. The body of Jesus was broken in relationship to healing, broken in relationship to redemption. If you need redemption in, some, in, in a relationship this morning, come and get prayer. So, I, Lord, I just want to pray. Lord, I know Daniel covered a lot, but I loved that just declaration of, of rest, of pr- enter into that, just that priestly declaration and call that you've given to us as the New Testament covenant believers. You declared that over us, Lord, that, that place of, of fellowship, Lord God, in the name of Jesus, get us into that place of fellowship with you, fellowship with one another, and that place of intimacy, really drawing near, Lord, these 21 days that we would just enter into that. And I really believe there's revelation that's going to carry us through 2021. As we step into that place of communion, you're going to, we're not going to get drugged through 2021. You're going to carry us, and you're going to, we're going to see from your perspective, we're going to get above all the craziness that's going to go on in this world. And we're going to get into that place of the, that holy, that holy of holy place to see what you're seeing and declare what you're declaring and walk as you're walking. And so, Lord, we thank you for that. We bless you for that. And we thank you for this morning and the declaration of communion, the de- declaration of your body broken, your blood shed in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen, amen. I encourage you, uh, say a, uh, give a hug, handshake, high five before you take off. But if you need prayer this morning, come get some prayer uh, today. COVID style, yes.